What's up, beautiful people? Thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode of Brand Like a Girl, the podcast hosted by your favorite girl, Nia Imani. A quick message to all my listeners. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please do me a huge favor. Do me a solid and be sure to rate this podcast. If you can, even leave a comment. When you all do that, that makes me more visible and that gets these stories out here to more women just like you and I. Thank you so much, and let's get into today's podcast. Hey, everybody. Thank you all so much for tuning in for another episode of Brown Like a Girl, the podcast. Today, I have a special guest, and her name is Sherry. And Sherry, I would just like for you to tell the podcasters a little bit about yourself. Okay. Hi, podcasters. As she mentioned, I am Sherry, also known as Sherry J., I am a serial entrepreneur based in Atlanta, Georgia, as well as a mother, an author, and just an overall um, business savvy woman. I currently own a host of daycare centers in the Atlanta, Georgia area, as well as a few other um, businesses, but daycare is my bread and butter. Um, And again, I am author of Success Souvenirs, a memoir. And I also have a company titled Success Souvenirs, which is a coaching, motivational speaking company, kind of all wrapped in one. So that's Sherry J to sum it up. Awesome. Awesome. So I did my research and I noticed that you opened your first daycare at the age of 23. So I want to know kind of like, what did you learn about, you know, first starting your business at such a young age? Oh, my goodness. I learned so much. It was... um, It was pretty easy for me because I already had so much experience in the daycare world. I had been doing it since I was 14 because I was a teen mother and had my daughter at a very early age. And that's what I had to do to make ends meet. But Mm -hmm. the challenging aspects of opening my business at 23 was the fact that I was so young and most of the people that I were employing were so much older. So, Mm. you know, nobody really took me serious. So I had to fight. A little bit harder to make my mark as a, you know, business savvy manager or owner or boss or whatever you want to call it so that people actually would listen to me and do what I told them to do because Mm -hmm. nobody took me serious. That's really um, I like that you actually touched on that just because, you know, a lot of my friends and I, we are, you know, at such a young age, 22, 21 with businesses. And it is like harder um, for especially like corporations or just people in general to take us serious because they think like, oh, like you don't know what you're talking about. You're so young. Mm -hmm. You don't know anything. It's like, well, yes, I actually do. And it's unfortunate that you have to, you know, in a sense, be older to be more wise or just to be wiser in general. when that's not the case. If you're I feel like if you're called to do something you were, you know, called to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely. So I know you touched on your book, um, Success Souvenirs, and I kind of want to talk about, you know, what called you to write your memoir um, and why did you feel that your story, or even if you want to share, tell us a little bit about your story um, and why you, you decided to write a book. Well, my story basically consists of um, what I went through kind of transitioning from a teenager to a teen mother Um, to just a mother in general, and then from there into being a professional and then into being a serial entrepreneur or prominent businesswoman. So the memoir basically just details every critical moment in my life that kind of shaped me from having a daughter at the age of 14 to, 
you know, not knowing which way to go, not knowing what my life was going to eventually end up being like or consist of. What pushed me to write the book was the fact that everybody always wanted to know, like, how did you do it? Mm-hmm. You know, what was so special about you, about your life, about, you know, whatever decisions and choices you made that allowed you to crawl out of the hole of being another statistic, potentially. And I got so um, overwhelmed with just telling the story over and over again, because number one, it's a story that I wanted people to know because you never know who it could potentially help. But at the same point Mm -hmm. in time, I was spending so much time verbalizing that or repeating it over and over again. And I said, well, you know what? Instead of me just telling the story, limiting people to five or 10 minutes and expecting them to be able to use that and get past whatever rut or whatever hole that they're in, let me actually sit down, take the time and write about it put it in a book and a memoir so that people can not only know how I did it, but why I did it and how I was able to maneuver around the obstacles that came with everything that I actually went through. So that's how the book came about. And then that's a little bit of background information as to why I feel the book, you know, was necessary. Awesome. I think that's so important. And I think I really like that you touched on like just, okay, I can tell you briefly about my obstacles or I can really put it in a book and like allow that to be something that, you know, anybody can read from today until, you know, 20 years from now. So I think that is important because regardless of the time frame, everybody's going to, I feel like in life, we all go through (laughs) similar situations and it's important that you know, we share our stories and it can definitely inspire somebody, whether it's closely related, their situation is closely related to ours or even just something that can inspire someone else. So I really love that. Um, so I know um, that you that you do um, online training where you teach women um, and just anyone who's interested on how they can grow their business specifically in the child care um, industry. I wanted to know if you can expand a little bit on your success souvenir formula that you have. Yes, ma'am, I can. The success souvenirs formula is pretty much a formula that exists only in my head. I like to pride myself on being very quick witted from a a mental standpoint. So it's kind of like any situation that's thrown my way, even if it's something I've a situation I've never been in, a business that I know nothing about, I always, for some reason, have the answer, or I have a formula or a blueprint on the quickest, uh, most economical way to get the answer. Mm. So the success souvenirs formula is basically a big old potluck of my expertise, um, my smartness, my um, business savvy ways, my communication ways, my problem solving skills. It's one big gumbo of everything that's in my head that can get a person to the finish line um, a lot quicker or a lot smarter than they're able to do on their own. Definitely. How? Don't ask me. It's a gift. But (laughs) I mean, you'll be surprised. Even businesses that I don't know anything about, a person can come to me and say, okay, I'm building a space shuttle. Now I've never been to space a day in my life, nor have I ever (laughs) been on a space shuttle. And this is where I'm stuck. And honestly, I can almost always give them an answer to how to get out of the space that they're in efficiently, economically, and, you know, smart. 
in, 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 the, in the most smartest manner. So the Success Souvenirs Blueprint or Formula is genuinely just everything that I have compounded into one goulash. Awesome. Awesome. And I know you do some consulting work as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. So what has been some um, companies that you've worked with that, especially that have been a little bit challenging for you that really tested your abilities? Well, the thing about my consultant work is I'm not able to actually put out there what companies that I work for because we're under NDA. Um, in this day That's and right. age, a lot of companies don't want you to be able to identify them by name because nobody prides themselves on needing help. But I can't. Mm-hmm. The t- well, and it's sad because we all need help. But we all I need help. Understand it as well because if you have companies that are advertising that they can help you, it's kind of like, well, if you can help me, but you're needing help from somebody else. I might as well just go to the person that helped you. Like even a therapist yeah. needs a therapist. Exactly. So, um, but from hair salons to coffee mm-hmm. shops to um, the transportation industry, trucking awesome. to. Um, Let's see, uh, building brands, um, spas, um, estheticians. I mean, I've I've done it all across the board with so many different industries. And um, again, even if there are industries that I don't know anything about, I'm literally able to go in almost with my eyes closed and hands tied and figure it out very quickly and um, take that person to another level again. I don't know exactly how. You probably would have to ask God that, but it's most certainly a talent and a gift. Awesome, awesome. So I want to kind of talk about a time that you failed and what lesson you learned from that um, failure or that experience. Um, A time that I failed would probably be with like my third daycare maybe. Um, It was a little bit smaller. I got it for a really cheap And I just assumed that because I had so much experience working with daycares that the same um, formula that I applied to the two previous to me opening that one was the formula that was going to be needed and necessary to make this one successful. However, Mm -hmm. the dynamics for this particular center were totally, totally different than the dynamics from the first two. So I got over there and things were going good at first, but Eventually, they just kind of started to take a downward spiral, and I really couldn't figure it out until I finally, like a light bulb went off in my head, and I was like, this daycare is totally different from the other two. The other two just so happened to be almost identical, and this one was, again, just the total opposite. So from there, I had to learn moving forward that just because it's daycare or just because it's business in general doesn't mean that this hair salon and that hair salon, because they're both hair salons, they're to be ran and managed in the exact same way. You have to Mm -hmm. have a plan for each individual business that you're opening, even if it's the same type of business. Because once the location changes, the clientele changes, the financial income changes, that really changed the whole dynamics and aspects of that business. So Um, My third daycare was a really big lesson to me. I lost a lot of money, but I learned a lot of valuable lessons that you have to take the time out to learn exactly what the specifics are of a certain business, even if you have several businesses just like it, in order to be able to cater to the needs of that particular business. Definitely. That's important that you touched on that, especially like even with me, like running my um, organization for different chapters, like every school is not the same. 
Right. So you have to be able to like, you know, adapt to everyone's culture and like make adjustments um, to, you know, where, where it's necessary and where they see fit, but also while keeping, while also, you know, keeping ma- and maintaining your actual brand while doing so. Right. Absolutely. Definitely. Awesome. So I want to know what has been most rewarding in your work? What's been most rewarding in my work is the fact that I give um, other aspiring or established entrepreneurs a real chance to see things from the point of view of a current owner or somebody that's so established. Like most people, um, when they do consultant work, it's kind of like, or when they do classes and things like that, they only teach you enough to get on your feet, but they don't teach Mm. you enough to actually run the race or to even be considered a competitor in the race of business. So what's most rewarding to me is the fact that I give all the knowledge that I can and even more to allow a person the ability to take that knowledge and run with it and not just take that knowledge and open up the business. And then there's a whole new set of information that they have to figure out where they're going to get it from. Um, It's rewarding to be able to give them everything I've got. I don't have to hold anything back. I don't have to you know, strategically come up with what information I will and won't share. Um, I'm, I'm willing to give them everything that I have. And it's rewarding to see those who are able to take that information and really do something productive with it. So being able to share the knowledge and being able to see people actually use the knowledge is definitely the most rewarding to me. Awesome. And I really love that you touched on that, especially like as, as black women and black people in general. I definitely feel like with our um, our community, sometimes we don't want to share our, um, our our knowledge or, our, you know, our just our skill set with each other. Um, just because we, we see it as competition sometimes Absolutely. where it's like the more of us in this race, the merrier, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I, I definitely think that is beautiful that, you know, you you share all of the information that you have, because at the end of the day, what sets you apart from the rest is who you are as a person. And nobody can take that away from you. Exactly. Awesome. It's me. So I want to know. So since the podcast is Brand Like a Girl, I want to know, you know, how do you brand like a girl and what sets you apart from others in your industry? And honestly, how do you remain authentic um, to yourself and to your brand? I brand like a girl, honestly. From just exactly what you said is being true to myself. I don't um, go with the trends or with what's popular or what's happening or what's popping. I go with what I feel. My mood and not from a emotional standpoint, but just from a business standpoint, it changes every single day. And whatever my mind tells me to do that day, that's what I do. So my branding may be a little more chaotic than other people's because I could, you know, wake up today and want to go in a totally different direction. And if that's what my spirit, my mind, the flow of my business is telling me to do, that's what I'm going to do. So I brand based on what's mentally best for me. If I wake up with a crazy idea and it could go against, I mean, everything from a branding standpoint, when you think about branding, you think about colors, you think about mm-hmm. what is a consistent representation of your brand. Now, while I do stay consistent, I have a lot of inconsistencies in my brand, but that's what makes it so authentic. Nobody has it together 1000%. And a lot mm-hmm. of times when we look at people that have the most 
powerful and wonderful branding, it all seems so um, cookie cutter or yep. textbook. Manufactured. <laughs> and so a person may every now and then come in and talk about how they're having a slight bad day or business may have went a little slow or, but nobody's ever going to steer away from the basics of their brand, which in most cases is I'm successful. I've worked so hard to get here. You know, look how pretty my colors is. Look how great my website is. And I'm perfect. Mm. Not all the time, but in most cases. Definitely. So for me, being authentic and genuine is really (laughs) not being afraid to showcase exactly what I'm going through. Like if I'm, if I have just say my page success souvenirs, there are people on there who look for me to get my motivational stuff. They look for my posts. They look for information, but guess what? Honestly, I can't do that all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to force a post. Or a motivational quote or a self-love Sunday message if I don't have it to give just because I want my brand to remain consistent or I, if I can't do it, I just can't do it. That's so honest. And I think people respect the fact that if it doesn't come, when I finally do surface in a day or two or three, four days or whatever, yeah, the colors might still be the same and the message might still be powerful, but it's going to be genuine. I've been going through it, guys. Sorry, I didn't send out the newsletter. Sorry, I didn't have a blog to post. But honestly, I just didn't have it. (laughs) And it's so conducive to how their everyday lives really are. Mm -hmm. So I think people actually understand that when they can, people can gauge when you're being real and when you're not, and when you're being authentic and when you're not, and when you're being fake and when you're not. And the, my brand consists of, again, whatever goes on that day, that's what we branding on. Again, I can try to keep the colors consistent. I can do that for you. <laughs> and I can, you know, try my best to keep it clean, but you might not get clean. You, you might not. If today's a crappy day, then you might get a powerful message, but it might be relayed in a a crappy manner. I'm not going to, you know, I have to stay true to what's going on. And I think the more people that realize it's okay to be that way, the stronger you can brand effortlessly Mm. without paying people tons of money to come up with all these different branding strategies. Of course, that's important, but... Sometimes it's okay to have a few inconsistencies because it's impossible to always be consistent. You hit it on the head with that one. (laughs) You really did. And I think especially, especially because we are in such a digital age where everyone, you know, everyone, social media is the, it's really, it's the industry to be in. And it's the place that every brand and every company wants to be on. And if your brand doesn't, you know, come off so perfect or it's not so put together, People think that, oh, no one's going to pay me any attention. Yeah. But like you said, it really, it, it doesn't matter how it's delivered sometimes. Sometimes it's, it's really about the message yeah. and how, who, who needs to be, who needs to hear yeah. it. So just trying to make sure it's so pretty and perfect, that's going to distract from sometimes from the actual message. Absolutely. So thank you, thank you, thank you for touching on that. I really, really appreciate yes. that. 
So I want to know also, um, what would you, what, what advice would you give young mothers in general, um, who are raising children, but are also interested in like entrepreneurial endeavors? My mom was also a teen mom. Um, and she really like instilled in me, like, you know, be about your business, um, and really just make sure you make your goals happen and don't let anything or anyone get in the way of it. Not necessarily saying like children get in the way of it, but like, don't let anything, don't let anyone's, you know, negative um remarks mm-hmm. any of those things get in the way of what you want to do and what you want for your life so I want to know you know some of your um advice that you would give my advice that I would give to um young mothers who are thinking about entrepreneurship especially if they don't know what they want to do it's gonna sound really crazy but find out what your child wants to do or what your oh. child is interested in and make that your first business Because what you do in that aspect is you show your child how to be an entrepreneur, how to be passionate about something that they want to do. And then it gives you the skills necessary to funnel through learning how to actually, you know, run a business. So if you have a two year old or three year old and they like to color, you know, maybe do a coloring Mm -hmm. book or a crayon line, you know, something like that. And it actually gives you the experience while you're able to get the experience yourself and give the same experience to um, to your child. So I think that that's a great way to break into entrepreneurship for aspiring mothers, because um, if you have somebody else depending on you, of course, in this case, it would be the child. In most cases, you're almost guaranteed to succeed because not only do you not want to let yourself down, you don't want to let them down either. That's very true. I love that. Awesome. So I want to know what projects do you have coming up? Is there anything that you'd like to share or promote and just let the people, you know, know to stay on the watch for? Right now, I'm really focused on um, building the Success Souvenirs Project. Um, What I've been doing lately, because I don't have a lot of time to engage on social media and stuff like that, is I've just been sending out my blogs, my Sincerely Sherry J letter that goes out on every Friday and it's only for those who are signed up on the website. And those kind of keep people up to date as to what's going on. And I have a building, another daycare building that I'm in the process of finishing up the building um, on, um, the renovations. And I've actually just revamped all except for one of my daycare centers. So right now I'm in a... um, revamping stage of all of my centers, just modernizing them, bringing them up to, um, you know, up to a modern state. So I'm kind of reinvesting in my businesses right now. So Mm -hmm. what's to come right now in my life is more so for the people, clients, staff, people that are already in my life. And for those that aren't like my, you know, success squad and people that look up to me for motivational information, I still make sure that I keep them of course, on my radar by sending out weekly newsletters and weekly blog posts to help them along the way until I'm able to do another class or do another book or give them something to look forward to. So awesome. I love that. It's very important to really work on the infrastructure, the systems that you built in your business before you can, you know, definitely move forward and say, hey, I'm going to start a new project. It's important that you really, really make sure everything is right eternally. Internally. Absolutely. One of those things. (laughs) awesome so I want to know where can people find you um if they're looking for you how can they get in contact with you um and yeah um well my website successsouvenirs.com 
you can go there. Um, you can also contact me at Sherry J at successsouvenirs.com. You can go to at success souvenirs on Instagram or at Sherry J lovely on Instagram as well. And you can pretty much find out um, everything that you need to know from my website, from my Instagram pages. And from there, they will give you ways to um, get in contact with me if you would like to do a consultation, if you would like to do a booking, um, or if you just want to learn a little bit more about what it is that I have to offer and how I may be of service to you. Awesome. Well, Sherry, thank you so much for, um, you know, being on my podcast today. I hope that, you know, I know that not even hope I know that your words of wisdom will definitely be impacting those who will be listening. So I just want to say thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. You're today. welcome. Thank you so much for having me. And I, again, I wish you much success moving forward. Thank You're you. Welcome. Thank you all so much for tuning in for today's episode of Brown Like a Girl, the podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to tweet me at Nia, N-I-A-B-I-A-F-O-E-F-I-A on Instagram and Twitter. And just let me know that you enjoyed the podcast. You can just share a screenshot. Um, give me a little anecdote about what you enjoy from the podcast and what you've gained. If you are on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to rate this podcast and leave a comment because it, your your words and your encouragement and you being exposed to this podcast and exposing it to others is only going to continue to help us thrive as a community. So I just want to say thank you guys so much and be sure to show your love and your support. And I am looking forward to talking and chatting with you guys for next week's episode.